Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode we are going to be talking about the man, the legend, King, King Kirby. Yeah, Jack King Kirby, creator spotlight on the titan of comics, Jack Kirby. We're going to go ahead and get this thing going. What's going on guys, this is Ron. And this is Hyde. And I'm Michael. So, um, before we get fully into... A Hyde episode. Yeah, a a (laughs) Hyde episode of comics history and um, the creator of creators, uh, we got got a little bit of other stuff we can can, uh, hit up first. Um, In the news, what was the... um, Remind me. So, kind of sticking in terms of the Jack Kirby... Frame. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did kind of finally get some clarification on what the Justice League reshoots were entailed. Ah, yes. Um, a lot of it came from the actor that's going to play Silas Stone, uh, Cyborg's dad, who also started Judgment Day. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Um, but he kind of clarified that a lot of it is it added more dialogue to the movie. Um, which we assumed. Which we assumed. It added more of. Superman interacting with everyone on the team. Okay. Wait, he's in the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Spoilers. What? Oh, sh- <laughs> what? Um, yeah. So apparently, what with it was. A, with a mustache or without with, the mustache? With a mustache. It's no, with a, it's shut up. Be with a mustache. No, he's not. <laughs> Sh- shut up. I don't actually I know. I pay extra money to see I that. don't know if you actually believe me or if you're. I really like, don't believe okay. you. Um, I don't believe him either. But I wouldn't be surprised. So apparently, when. He returns. He only has very limited interaction with anyone that's not Batman or Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, so they added more scenes with him interacting with Aquaman and Flash and Cyborg. That's cool. And so on. Um, they did change up some stuff for Cyborg as well. They apparently Warner Brothers executives thought his stuff was too tragic and too dark. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, I which, which it is. It is because it's a like a twenty three year old all American all star. Right, and he gets. Yeah, tragically, yeah, pretty much disembodied. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was already having a rough time with his dad too before. Yeah, end, so. and so yeah, and it's a, it's they they said they were going to go into that a little bit more. Okay. Um, he did confirm that there is still plans to do the cyborg movie in twenty twenty. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Um, <laughs> let's let's not put the uh, the horse before the carriage yet, or the cart before the horse. Well, like he said he, he said more specifically his contract is three movies. It's BVS. Justice League and the Cyborg movie, which he is still under the impression that it will be shot before 2020. He was in BVS. He was in BVS when they introduced Cyborg in the email clip. Oh, right. oh, oh, yeah. You didn't remember? They did that thing in the middle of the movie, right? right yeah, right, they did. Right, they did the trailers in the middle of the movie right, where right, you got yeah, to yeah, see right, the, right, see ever right, right. see it's that's what the, see I forgot that's gonna be the trailer for the Cyborg movie, <laughs> which you didn't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> got him. You can hide getting a jab at DC. This is oh. But one of the other things, too, was that uh, Josh Whedon felt that some of the movie felt too much like the first Avengers. Well, before or after? Before he came in for reshoots. They they said that they are completely redoing the ending. Okay. um, And adding scenes to make Steppenwolf kind of his own villain. Not some pawn... Not some lackey. He's his own thing. He's not a Kaisilian. Yes. It'll be more like a... Justice League, uh, not Dark, uh, New 52. Yes. Um, and so, apparently, and this is all kind of rumors at this point that hadn't been confirmed, the way the original Justice League movie was going to end was with a cliffhanger showcasing Darkseid with a smiling grin. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, he, he shouldn't be doing that. No. But 
I would have been fine if it ended with him just showing up. Yeah, yeah. but it's. It, I think it's kind of one of those things. And you know, we also got another report from Ben Affleck saying that it's it's kind of weird working with two directors because yeah. you have Zack Snyder who wanted everything to be as close to comic accurate with being real realistic in the same sense, and then and you then have John Josh Whedon, Whedon yeah. who just, just wants like, realism. Yeah. He wants superheroes in and funny dialogue and funny dialogue. So it's kind of or, or uh, the Whedon effect. Yeah, the Whedon effect. Yeah. So um, we kind of got some clarification. Don't know how much of that's, that's actually cool. going to end up playing out. I mean, we'll yeah. I mean, I, I. It just it sounds more and more to me like the movie's going to be a, a giant mess. But we can that. I mean, I mean, you you would think that, right? Yes. I mean, because it's like a bunch of stuff no, going on and they're changing a bunch of things. And, nothing uh, about that sounds like. Promising that there's like months of reshoots, but I mean, you know, well, that was but, all but, scheduling stuff too with the characters. Yeah, but so. they, but they have but they have competent people doing it. So I mean, more I, competent people doing it. <laughs> trust in Josh Whedon. Yeah, uh, or or if it fails, you know, that's that's blame, not true. Or if it fails, blame Zack Snyder. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, John, Josh <laughs> Whedon is not the be all end all of success. I mean, or quality. Avengers is great. So yeah, did you, see, have you ever Avengers see Dollhouse? Or, you know, other things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Joss Whedon is not... I, I don't worship it. Look, Avengers is great. So. Well, yeah, if Avengers he can, was great. If he can do... Uh, uh, put a bunch of characters together and make them work, then he's he's one of the ones to do it. Right. Well, yeah. There we go. Um, we'll cover more I'm Justice League I'm still excited to see it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to see it because I, I, I hope it's good. I, I hope it's good. better than... I hope they keep the trend going. For sure. Of yeah, yeah. making a good movie. Right. Um, we'll have to see. What, November? November. Before or after Thor? After. After Thor. After Thor, before Star Wars. And there's nothing else in between. So, no matter no, what it's done. Nothing else relevant. So, that's the last yeah. three movies in, huh? Yep. Man. Well, Star Wars is the last one on the list. I know. So, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, okay, so, real quick, on the rankings list, I think all we have left, we have Kingsman. Kingsman. Thor, Justice League, and Star Wars. Man, that's mm-hmm. nonsense. I think that's it. That's it. It's up for it. No, Blade Runner. Blade, hey, Blade Runner. Runner. Blade Runner. We did forget so about that So after Kingsman... Well, it's or, Blade Runner. No, yeah, but after Kingsman, we can probably do a, a, a decent recap and yeah. see how we're doing. Yeah, I think we still sure. have the board around here somewhere. Yeah, somewhere Yeah, someone didn't yeah. steal that from me yet. Or anything, yeah, right. So. But um, anyway... Um, also, that's just crazy. I know it's, we're almost done. It's crazy, and we're, the year's we're, almost over. That's what that means. Yeah. That's nonsense. And it, it's, the year's not almost over. It's August. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's it's yeah, yeah. I know dude, that's crazy. But, um, it's gonna be free comic book day before you know it. <laughs> you're right though. <laughs> no, but I do know um, we are gonna we're working on the list for next year, and we're gonna work on some sort of aspect where to get you. So we're more. just not gonna find another meme. Picture no, no, we're gonna we're gonna make, make it. Ourselves. I, I think I, I think I still have the list up front somewhere. Right. Yeah, yeah. We need so to, I think we still need to edit it. Yeah, a we need bit. to edit edit it down, and we're gonna work on a, a way to get like twenty two movies. Yeah. Oh, we no. We're, we're gonna try to work on a way to get uh, y'all involved with it. Uh, if you want to play along with us more than just like. This year, where it was like, "Hey, uh, play yeah, along if you, if you want to show to. up, yeah, right. yeah," because we that wasn't we just sort of did on the fly. Yeah. Um, but next year, it's going to be more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, also, randomly, uh, last night was our fantasy football draft. Yes, that it was. We were all three a part of. Yes, we were. Uh, Hyde is new to the league this year. We expanded from eight, for the uh, so for those of you that are not interested at all in fantasy <laughs> sports, <laughs> skip in about. Five minutes, and you know, we'll uh, you we're going on for 15. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll uh, get to Jack Kirby. Um, so we have a fantasy football league, uh, been going for three years. This is the fourth year, fourth year, well, three that you've been running it. No, okay, so no, no, because the 
This is the no. This is the third year that I'm. This is the third year. Yes. Yeah, Second year I'm I'm running it. Okay. Huh. Okay. Cause, yeah. Because the first year uh, I didn't run it and right. I won. Right. Okay. And, and then it second had to be two. year. Okay. I took it over, right? And Alan won. Alan won, yeah. Uh, and this year we're expanding it. We're expanding it from an eight-man to a sixteen-man league, which is insane. It is pretty. If crazy. you if you know anything about fantasy sports, that's uh, you get to the last man. Uh, in the last six rounds. Last six rounds, it's like nothing. I don't, I don't know who any of these people are that we're picking. So, are you? How how are you feeling about your team? Other, I my team oh, yeah, is so, good. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll, then, just, I'll just spill the beans nine. for yeah. I'm going to spill the beans for Ron real quick. He has four Patriots on his team. Starting. starting Four starting Patriots on his Only team. Only four. I swear I th- there was I one. know. I thought no, it was going to be five. It's four. Uh, uh, I was going to go with six plus defense. It's it's going to be good. So that means he's, gonna, he's got four people off is, on week nine. Ron's losing week nine. But I, I, you Ron, say that. Ron has made a very bold prediction to me before the start of this program. I was there to witness this. So, yep. And what is that statement, Ron? I will not lose more than four games. Okay. So check back with us in February. Uh, check back with us on week five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm zero, five, zero oh and five. Four. <laughs> yeah, oh and five. Um, oh, but um, stay tuned. Um, three weeks, I think, is when the season starts. Yeah, for we'll, sure. we'll give weekly updates. Just five ten minutes on on the shows to let you all know how we're May, doing. Maybe. Yeah. Depends I mean, on if. Yeah. Depends who wins on how we're doing. Loses. Yeah. If we're all doing bad, <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about it. But uh, yeah, come, come how talk about to you, us Hyde? about uh, some sports. Um, are you happy with your team? I am. Moderately? <laughs> Moderately. I don't know. I kind of feel like right now my team's kind of under the same vein of like, you won't take another look at it, but it could okay. easily sneak up on y'all. And Okay, so it's it's the the sleeper team is what oh, you're yeah. thinking that's, that's, I mean, because I've got some decent players. i got Fitzgerald. I've got uh, Kevin White from Chicago. Um, Carlos Hyde. And Carlos Hyde from San Francisco. Uh, you had to pick Carlos Hyde, I had to pick Hyde, Carlos Hyde. I think actually he was my first pick. He was your first pick, was um, Carlos Hyde. But I mean that's that's a good call. Nonsense. I mean, not the best first round pick, but a good I mean, pick, hey. you know, for being on the nose. I, yeah, I approve. Um, uh, overall first round pick. Who did who did Nick pick first? It was um, dude. It was Green. Some... Yeah, AJ he had, Green. He had AJ, AJ Green. Green. Maybe yeah. Yeah. AJ Green. So first overall pick was AJ Green. But you got to keep that in mind that uh, there's this is this is a weird year because we expanded. And so we normally do um, keepers, where you get to keep two guys from last season onto this season, which completely no, yeah, it, it messes up the whole messes, game. It messes up the whole pool because the new people don't get to pick from them, but the people who are doing the keeping don't get to pick till like way late, third third round, third round at the back. Right. So, you know, it really, you know, it it, it evens out. It was out. different for sure. I, I feel like it, it's evened out. Um, I mean, because everybody we didn't keep, they were gone. By the third oh, yeah. round, for when, the most when, part. When it came around to me, well, I only kept one because Ezekiel Elliott. Right. I couldn't do it. Right. I couldn't do it. Right, right. Um, but when it came around to me, the guy I really wanted was Christian McCaffrey in round two. No, I got him. Oh, did you? I got okay. him. Yeah, got oh, yeah. Him. You had round two picks. I had yeah, round two picks. But I, did, I, I picked at the back of round two because of the way the snake right. the snake draft doesn't kick in until round three because of the keepers. Yeah. So, yeah, it was intense. I was a little worried that I wasn't going to get him, but... So now I have a top tier running back. I'm good. Yeah, I'm set, man. I mean, I got a top tier in four positions almost, so it's good. You got two. Two top tier. Kicker. Okay. Yeah, Gostkowski. Until he gets injured first game. Gostkowski's not going to get hurt. QB. Yeah, Brady and Gronkowski. You have the only. And then I have Edelman. And Edelman, say what you want. When he's not throwing to Gronk, he's throwing to Edelman. So you can. Say what you want. Well, see, but I think what's going to happen, you're going to fall into a pit of if they evenly divide their – I mean, like, 
They're both going to be average. He's, he's not going to always – Gronk and or Edelman will always not be on the field at the same time. So Okay. It works out. And Brady's always going to throw a touchdown. So it's all good. <laughs> Brady, yeah. yeah, okay. All, it's all good. Yeah, but it won't happen until the fourth quarter, so it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, as, long as, as, long as long as he gets the points, the points. I don't really care when he does it. This is true. <laughs> I, I hope he pulls a Jay Cutler this season and just completely bombs Dude, interception do after well, interception. Well, he, he's, he's too on, good for He's that. on the Madden 2018 cover. He's, he, also, he's too good for that. So, so that is the is Madden. Is he, though? That's the Madden curse. Hey, Tom Brady, if you listen, shout out, dog. Tom Brady listens see me. to the show. Tom Brady's a big fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So much. And Tom Brady, come in and talk to Ron about why he shouldn't draft five Patriots. <laughs> no, he would agree. He would agree with me. I don't think he would. And, and, and I don't like, think he would either. He'd be like, I got you. I'm going to spread it out. I got you. <laughs> Tom Brady's like, oh, man, Ron's got Gronk and Edelman. All right, let me just every <laughs> other just alternate. Everyone, just only them. <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm you should have picked their running back. Then just completely ruined your game. No. No, I, gotta, I don't even know. I don't well, even know who the running matter. back is. It it's not matter. relevant. No, it's, it but uh, but anyway, so that's enough That's enough fantasy talk. Um, let's go ahead and talk about um, the, the whole King. point of the episode. King Kirby. The King. Um, so Jack Kirby... Um, born what? Jacob Kurtzman? Jacob Kurtzberg. Kurtzberg. Um, adopted many uh, pen names before he settled on Jack Kirby. Um, which he started writing comics when? In like uh, the. Can, do you have a. Uh, he entered comics in the 1930s. Right. So um, his name was. He, he felt um, it was too eth- ethnic for the time. That's kind of it just, was. That's kind of the thing during the time. You yeah, have a I lot mean, of these guys that we have a Jewish, Jewish creators thing. that just decided well, to change their Stan name. Stanley, yeah. um, Joe Simonson's another one that yeah. changed his name. Jack Kirby, obviously. So I mean, that was just kind of the one of the unfortunate things of the time. Yeah, is where like yeah. you get the these creators who, you know, had had to go by a different name. He eventually ended up changing his name to Jack Kirby, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Legally changing his name to Jack Kirby. It's yeah. a decent name. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a good one. I mean, he had he had Lance Kirby was another one of the other ones that Lance he used. Lance Kirby. Lance Kirby. Um, but Jack Kirby, I don't know. It's, it's a good name. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. Um, but anyway, so how did he get his start, Hyde? Um, he was doing a whole bunch of various comic strips just kind of here and there. Like he newspaper re- work, right? Newspaper, more or less the newspaper strips. He never... He wasn't working for Timely. He wasn't working for National or Fox or any of those big publishing houses at the time. Um, but he really hit his stride in 1940 when him and Joe Simons came up with Captain America. Right. Um, and he kind of completely changed the way art was done at this point, too. Yes. Um, he kind of had more or less like a heavy hand for action. Everything was jumping off the page. There was explosions. And that wasn't something you really saw you saw a little bit with that with Superman, but it wasn't to the extent of what Jack Kirby did. And then with Joe Simonson's creativeness, you kind of started seeing more supernatural elements into it. And then, sure, it, they've kind of they kind of reshaped the way the art style and yeah. storytelling was done. Yeah, um, Kirby has a very specific way he draws, um, and it's funny because if you listen to people talk about it, they f- from a realism standpoint and it's not the most accurate like in terms of anatomy oh, it, is yeah, not, sure. it is not accurate but right. it's still better than Rob Liefeld <laughs> they say oh, the, they would say like you would get an art critic who would come in and talk about Jack Kirby and say well yeah but look at these proportions they don't make any sense right. this isn't and, the, and then they'll say well okay well draw this but give me the give this, me the right give, give me the power yeah that you're getting out of this image because Jack Kirby was creating like Perspectives that you didn't see in comics before, or in, in in just general art like this before, 
Um, he was creating points of view and layers and all sorts of um, just new art techniques to the medium that you just did not see. Right. And before, before that. Yeah. yeah, before that. And he he was a pioneer um, or, you know, the forefather of that or that sort of art. And it was um, an inspiration do to... New, do you think he could have made a new color? <laughs> uh, shout out Greg Horn. Oh, uh, man. That, that I is, love it. That is it, ridiculous. It is. It makes it's, Dylan it's, so angry. It, it doesn't it make, make any me sense. angry. Okay, so it really doesn't make any sense. For those that don't know, uh, Greg Horn, comic artist Greg Horn, f- f- fine, fine artist. Yeah. Greg, Greg Horn's fine. Yeah. Um, he has claimed... <laughs> To have created two new colors, not not trademarked a, a particular color that he likes. He has created two new colors, which, as you will know, uh, fine readers, <laughs> that's good, that's good, is scientifically impossible. Yep. It's a, it's a spectrum. It's like it's like you can't create a new musical note. It's a, it's a range. It's from you can't, flat to sharp. Yeah, it's, not, it's like oh, I've created the uh, I've created the H chord. It's brand new. Brand new, huh? Yeah, it's he's got his his two colors. Or do you know the names offhand? I, I do. I know one of them. I know one of them. I don't remember the other one, but it was it was it was black. Sub black is one. There we go. The other I one is orange. Orange. Which and if you go to Greg Horn Art on Facebook, you can find the articles about it uh, that oh, clearly good. are written by someone in the Greg Horn camp because they refer to him as Art Maven Greg Horn, Art Maven. <laughs> and it has has amazed scientists and blah 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 because oh, he's created Groring. So it's so good. But first of all, like I feel an itch coming on. If you're gonna create a new color, how are you gonna name it Groring? Like you gotta get. I need to snap your name. Sub black. Oh, Sub black was fine. Sub black was fine. Groring. <laughs> but sub black, it sounds like something like I get my car at a chop shop painted. <laughs> sub black, yeah. yeah, that's the color you get. Sub black. See? Well, I mean, boom. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, there's there's that. Um, what's the, I forget the name of that? It's a special type of paint. It's not a new color, but it's a special type of paint that absorbs all color. It's that black paint that. Oh, I know. See, when I th- when I hear sub black, that's what I think. Right. And that is a that is not a new color. That is no, a specific the, type of paint. Right. Greg Horn created two new colors. Jack Kirby didn't need to do all that. No. He just created uh, a method of drawing. And um, and it's really hard to review someone's art on an audio it is very, medium. It is. Well, um, also, just, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to review someone's art just in terms of quality because it's so subjective. But you can talk about um, Jack Kirby. Um, you, <laughs> this is uh, the way he would compose a page. And this is coming from the the... The fifties and yeah. wait. This is back when you would have he would be doing a book a week. Yeah, this this is kind of one of those things where no like, no Jim Lee Alec no, Ross no Jim Lee no Alec Ross taking they're sitting they're sitting months. in this unair conditioned bullpen basement, yeah. basement mm-hmm. essentially. I think, yeah. they, I think they called it the dungeon. The, yeah, one of them, one's the dungeon. It depends on where you work. It was the bullpen oh, no, no, dungeon saying, yeah. and yeah. So well, he Jack Kirby was uh, one of the few people um, that was allowed to work from home. And he would mail stuff in. See, that's crazy. Because they, I'm, artists I, I mean, it all I mean, the it didn't start to that point, but, right? I no, mean, obviously. But that's. But I, he he had they had a basement, and that's where he worked. That, he had a that's really nonsense that they had to go somewhere to do art. He had an old crappy, uh, 
uh, drawing board uh, yeah, easel, easel thing. Right, yeah. easel. Yeah. Um, or I think they call it a drawing desk. Yeah, uh, a, a, a drawing, drawing desk. desk with the lamp. Yeah, just a mm-hmm. just a piece of junk yeah. that isn't good. That is the last thing they loaded on the moving truck and the first thing they take off because Jack's got to work. Right. You know, it's um, crazy, man. but you know, it's and he also not just as an artist, but was a a creator of characters as well, and he wrote yep. a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, but um, just as a funny thing, I know. Um, and one of the things I was reading about Jack Kirby is that when he was starting, when he was working for the newspapers, I don't know the technical name of the position, but when when a when a big cartoonist would would draw for the newspaper, they'd have a, an action scene. He would draw the 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 main cartoonist would draw the the beginning and the end of it, and then you get like some crappy little peon to come in and fill in. A ghost artist. Yeah, and that would be what Jack Kirby would do. Yeah, he, he was the guy artist. in the middle. He was doing the ghost. He was doing yeah. the oh. like fill in the punch when Superman goes from back here. To the to the face. And huh. like, eh, eh, That's eh. interesting. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so um, Captain America. What, what are some of the things that he's? I mean, because he, start, he started. He he got he got the Marvel stuff and then went to DC and, and then, then went back, back to Marvel. Marvel. Um, he kind of he flip flopped a lot actually. Yeah. I mean, this was kind of one of those time frames where contracts weren't a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he left Marvel because he wanted a D. He he wanted what is commonplace now. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of royalties for the or, characters and stuff like that. You right. know, partial ownership in a character. Like he thought, hey, you know, if I created this guy, shouldn't I own it in some capacity? Right. I'm not saying I have to fully own it. it but crazy like, times, man. I mean, well, th- if you, it's just, this is this is back in when back when like names weren't always in the front of the book. Right. That's also true. It's, it, it <laughs> you have to read the fine mind. print to see who wrote and right. drew the book. You yeah, know, it's crazy, like. Man. It's it's we take it for granted what a good creative culture we have right now for right. comics in that they didn't have that, that yeah, and that's no, why that's you have things sure. like the CBLDF for the older comic book creators who don't own that stuff and right. like that was the thing with like uh, Kane and Finger right like yep. like because up until what what's like, <sighs> forgive me um the guy the Superman guy uh Simon uh, Joe Schuster and uh, Jerry Siegel yeah Siegel um he was the one that didn't like. He needed credit for the Batman movie. He like wasn't getting credit for Man of Steel. Man was, of Steel it was for Man of Steel, and so actually they are what pushed the forefront for DC to kind of really start recognizing their older Golden Age creators. Right. Um, for, I mean, starting from the fifties, uh, Siegel and Schuster were both under like constant legal battles to get the creative rights for their their character for this character that sure. they created. Um, that pretty much started a whole new industry. Right. Um, they didn't get the credit when the first Superman movie came out. No. Um, and, and the amount of royalties they would have gotten off that is oh, yeah. astronomical. And so it didn't. They didn't actually get their names credited on Superman on a Superman movie until Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and, and, but they were they had passed away since then. They right? had passed away. So they they were acknowledged a lot. Through other right. Superman mediums, through the animated series, through the Justice League animated series, but they didn't get any money off. But of it. they didn't get any money off of it, um, which is which is really unfair, you know. I mean, when you think of it today, yes. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, but at the time that was commonplace. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, and it worked that way with music too. Like Michael Jackson didn't own any of the Jackson Five stuff, right? You know, or I mean, none of the, none of Joe didn't either. Like, right. you know, it's just you get a bad deal, and that's just how it works. And you know, you have and that the, was it. The, the executives are just able to run roughshod over the creative talent, and the creative right. talent weren't thought of as creative talent. They were, uh, you know, cattle that would just come in and work for you. And right. Alfred Hitchcock, the movie director, uh, is famous for referring to actors as cattle. That You know, 
not not valuing their technical ability as actors, but just like people that will come and read his lines that he wrote, right. you know. And that is definitely the very old school yeah, that way. Yeah, was, that was of the time, man, you for know? sure. And, and Jack Kirby didn't get to live... He died in 94. So he didn't get to live to benefit as much from that, but he did get to live to see that start. Like for with sure. image and creator own right. content. And he got to, you know, he got to live to see his dream of uh, comic book creators, you know, being able Owning to be represented stuff. and yeah, names sure. on the front of the book and, you know, right. all this stuff. Um, but anyway, what what else has uh, Jack Kirby created? I know he's done New Gods. I mean, the list is Yeah, I mean, it's outrageous. Do you, when you kind of think about it, for majority of major Marvel and DC, Jack Kirby's had a hand in pretty much all of it. Yeah, all I the mean, major, yeah, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Captain America, Black Panther, Black Panther, um, New Gods, Thor, Mister Miracle, um, Devil Dinosaur, Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, I Omac, mean, Omac. I mean, there's yeah, the list goes there, on and on, man. It's Jimmy crazy. Olsen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jimmy Olsen. There, the this is a man that took titles that were dying and brought new life into them and right. are now some of the more important books in our industry today. Um, it's just kind of amazing that you you never really sit down until recently. I don't think I ever sat down and realized how much. I knew Jack Kirby always did a lot. just right. But I never actually sat down like, wow, okay. I mean, Groot. Groot's right. yeah. a Jack Kirby character. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you don't think about it, man. It's crazy. It's. I mean, just... Yeah, a fountain of creativity. Right. Just like you know? the stuff you read now was created by this guy a long time ago. Yeah. It, and and that characters I, you love and you're seeing on TV screens and movie screens now. It's it's crazy. Right. Man. And he, you know, I don't think he was definitely he definitely wasn't one of the ones to um talk about you know how important he was. No, or, he wasn't a Bob Kane. He wasn't no. a Stan Lee. He was this is what I do. This is what I've been yeah. doing, and this is what and I love. And he famously yeah. he would refer to himself as a cartoonist. Yeah, yeah. you know he, he wasn't. I don't even know if he was aware of his level of. I don't think he. I don't really think he really became aware until his later years in the career. Once people started realizing after, I, I would probably say after eighty six, mm-hmm. kind of right after Batman took over um, right. in the market. But I mean, you look at it now, and it's just. There's nothing. I don't think you could touch a title almost without having some form of a Jack influ- or Jack Kirby influence. Yeah, it. that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, like I said, they still use characters today from his influence. Oh I mean, well, I mean, yeah. heavily prominent. I mean, characters that aren't even big characters anymore in terms of what they were are still used in some capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, just uh, more about Jack himself. Um, he. This is again pre-internet, pre-all this type of stuff, smartphones. Um, Jack was listed in the phone book. You could look him up. And it's famous that um, there people would come to his house. People just show up at his house. and That's crazy. And he had no sense of anything about that. So he would just let them come in, and they would go downstairs and just hang out with them, talk comics, and he would, he would treat you, Ron... As the same as he would treat Stanley or some, you know, he's just like, oh yeah, show me your, show me your books. And he's like, oh, show me your art, kid. Like any kid could come to, come up to him and say, hey, look at my art. What do you think about this? He goes, oh, that's great. Maybe change this, do this. You know, and so that's that's kind of the that's just a thing at the time too, because I know, um, Bill Finger 
mm-hmm. before he was kind of he tragically passed away. Um, he was kind of the same way too. Right. I mean, he was. Whenever someone from DC would introduce him, or it would have been national at the time, would introduce him as um, the the co-creator of Batman, people were like, what? But Bob, it's Bob Kane's name on this. Well, he would show them, hey, look, this is everything I've done for Batman. This is all the original stuff. Here's my name signed on this and right. things like that. Um, but that's kind of what they were. They were guys they right they, they, they were just they were just guys. a lot of a lot of the stuff that they were doing i mean stan lee has notably said it jack kirby has said it bob kane said it this wasn't an industry that they ever thought they were going to stay in right with the depression and with their skills and talents that they had this was a way of to make meals me. all, yeah right and it really didn't start taking off more or less until right around the 40s with world war ii and that's when you saw a big push for i mean dr seuss you see right um, these guys are also leaving these comforting jobs that they know they don't have to go leave to go fight the war. And that was one of the Jack Kirby things, too, is he left to go fight in World War II. Right. He was still doing cartoons at the time, too. He right. was doing little um, propaganda strips. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's they never stopped doing what they were doing no matter what they were doing. Right, exactly. And, and this was just something they loved, but it was never something they intended to stay in. So they never thought much of it in terms of, hey, I'm a famous guy. Right, exactly. Um, and I, I remember reading a story about um, there these two kids that would go over to Jack's house and they would just sit there and watch him draw and do pages and after pages and pages and pages. And at, at this point, um, he didn't own pages. Right. But because the, there was a point where they didn't own their original art. Yep. Right. Yeah. The studio. Which is I mean, the, nuts. the company. Took, but yeah. um, <laughs> he, he wasn't even aware of what these things were worth or valuable and, and he would just give them give original art to kids, to kids. yep so. like so there's kids walking around that would have you know very expensive pages right like, I well, mean, in terms of now, now, nowadays, yes. nowadays now yes yes you know and that's and that's just crazy and and his wife would sometimes catch him and be like hey uh no jack actually doesn't want to give that away <laughs> i need that back please um but um Man, anyway um yeah so no jack kirby is definitely a uh one of the the most stand up guys in the in, or in the industry at at any point, uh, he was um, beloved by everyone. I mean, it, it's kind of as it, important as Stanley. As important, I think, almost to an extent, almost even more well, important. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, because he creatively, creatively. I mean, there's Stanley's a face. He's got the personality. Yeah. But that doesn't do much. The zip if you, and the zowie. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't do much if you don't have. Someone behind you to no, help you. do all that For stuff. Sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, Jack ended up taking a whole new industry and creating a whole new kind of art style for it, which you don't see really happen again until about the late 60s, early 70s for sure. with Jim Steranko right. um, okay. and Neil Adams. They kind of took this whole pop art and um, kind of hippie Woodstock vibes all and started including all it, all and the colors yeah. and started including them into their books. Um, so that's something you don't really see. You don't see another big push and difference in art styles until this, about the 60s or 70s. Um, and once again, those are guys that took dying books and made them popular. I mean, we wouldn't have a Nick Fury shield book in the 70s if it wasn't for Stranko. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, going through a lot of the Jack Kirby stuff, I mean, some of the more relevant and ir- irrelevant things, I mean, so... 
I joked about it with you guys before we started this podcast, and I told you that this is going to be a commandy episode now. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's stories like that that I, I just, I that's what drew me into Jack Kirby a lot more. That's, and that's a, that's a he wrote and he wrote and he wrote and drew it. He wrote Andrew. Um, same thing with New Gods as well, right. and all the Fourth World stuff. Um, but actually, we'll kind of backtrack a little bit. We'll go into his Marvel career. Um, obviously, like we said, he had a handful in Avengers, Captain America, the Fantastic Panther. Four, Black Panther. But what's kind of funny about it is we actually almost got the a Silver Surfer movie. Oh, really? At the tail end of the 70s. Re- oh. Huh. <laughs> I don't, well, I'm, hey. Probably for the best. <laughs> so That's interesting. I'll watch one now. Yeah. Oh, that'd I, be great. Well, obviously, but I, if they did like, uh, what was that, Marvel Knights? Yeah, Marvel Knights. Oh, are you talking about... Silver, um, uh, no, Requiem. Requiem. I, dude, I, if they made that into a movie, I'd watch it in a heartbeat. Because it'd be yeah. great. It'd or, be um, oh gosh, I forget the name the of other it. One? The one that uh, Stan Lee wrote and uh, Mobius did the art. Um, it's so... Oh uh, gosh, we, it's we, not Rick we, we, it's, uh, we talked about it on. I know, we it's only two issues too. We talked about it on the other on, on the parable. 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 We yep, talked about it on parable. the Silver Surfer episode. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. We did one of those, right? I think okay. we did a Silver Surfer. Was it a Silver Surfer episode? That was a long time ago. Yes, yeah, that's it what, was. That's, that's why you read those Man, books. That's, uh, yeah, I know, but I, I I forgot that, that we, no, we really was... scraped the bottom of the barrel for a character yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We did. We did Silver Surfer. Uh, unsung heroes. Yeah. yeah, unsung heroes. Unsung heroes. Yeah, right. because we wanted to do not just Spider Man and Batman. Batman. We wanted to do yeah, like, yeah. Well, somebody that you know used to be a really big deal. Yeah, <laughs> man. But uh, yeah, surfer. I want to go re- reread those, man. They're good, dude. Those, they're so good. Yeah, they're good. Shout out uh, Rec- Shiller Surfer Requiem and uh, <laughs> Silver Surfer Parable. That's good. That's good stuff. Fantastic. Some go, of the best. Go read those books. They're good for real. They're really good. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so uh, Silver Surfer movie. So with this Silver <laughs> Surfer movie, um. Right around the time Jack Kirby was leaving Marvel for DC um, over the rights of stuff, um, uh, he was produ- He was approached by a producer named Lee Kramer. Um, if you don't know who Lee, Lee Kramer was, he was dating um, Olivia Newton-John oh, okay. at the time. Um, from Greece. From Greece. The the. Okay, I don't. Um, he had proposed a rock opera based Silver Surfer movie. Rock oh my god. <laughs> it was like Tommy meets Silver Surfer. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I could deal with that. Exactly. Um so Stanley actually agreed to Of course he did write a script for this. But <laughs> the problem was is that they didn't actually own the rights to Fantastic Four anymore at that point for film rights. Okay. So that's why they had to turn into Silver Surfer. Um so they collaborated on a whole new graphic novel, uh, just so for this movie, Disco Surfer. Oh. For it was a retelling of his journey to Earth and his betrayal of Galactus. So they completely redid his origin story so they could make this into a movie. Hmm. And okay. actually, uh, here's the picture of of the of the cover. Oh my God! Man, Look at yeah, that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's something, all right. Do we have that? <laughs> I want to read that. Look at that. My goodness. So the idea is basically the same as the Galactus trilogy. Galactus comes to Earth. Surfer realizes he shouldn't be destroyed. He fights off Galactus and Galactus leaves. Right. Yeah, um, that's the story. That's yeah, I mean, pretty much what it does. But it turned into something so weird well, because yeah. of the rock opera kind of aspect to it all. Um, so, I mean, he's got um, Adriana, 
Okay. Who is his sidekick slash damsel mm-hmm. in distress. Yeah. Slash dance partner. <laughs> slash dance partner. I mean, look, see, in do, this panel here. Do they do the hustle? Um, that, They're hustling something. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Get it, Norrin? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's kind of. Wow. Look at that. That's a. That's something else. That's a book. Yeah. I, I'd like to read that. I bet you we could find it somewhere. I'm, I, sure, I, yeah, I'm sure. I bet you in one of those magazine boxes it's <laughs> sitting somewhere. Oh, was it a magazine? Yeah, it's it's one of the, oh, oh, the yeah, yeah, graphic yeah. novels at the time. So it would be sure. one of those magazine things. Um, Excellent. <laughs> but it was funny because so the producer wanted Olivia Newton-John as Adriana. Of course. Um, the movie obviously never no. happened. Obviously. And so this was kind of the last Stanley Jack Kirby collaboration and done with the mm-hmm. Silver Surfer. Um they actually had John Buscema, who was working on Spider-Man at the time, okay, uh, come in and fix art problems that they had because Kirby was kind of getting a little. This was getting a little ridiculous with this, so mm-hmm. they had him come in and kind of fix it up a bit. Um, it is absolutely ridiculous. I yeah, that sounds that sounds like something. Uh, <laughs> um, I know um, my favorite Kirby book um, was always uh, Devil Dinosaur. Because I just love the I, I love, love I love Devil Dinosaur Dino. and Moon Boy so much, um, but I'll tell you, um, well, if you don't know, Devil Dinosaur is a big red dinosaur. Yep. Moon Boy is a monkey who yep. can talk to him. Yep. And they're buddies and they go on adventures. Uh, and that, I mean, that's it. <laughs> that, that that's it. it. Um, it was created to be a Saturday morning cartoon, and the cartoon never happened. Um, I, tell me that's not a cartoon. Though. I mean, look at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even, even now, I'm actually kind of surprised that they don't do anything with Moon Girl. With Moon Girl, and, that and Devil dude, Dinosaur. I could. It, it's in the works. You know, this is my has, personal copy. Because <laughs> we don't, we that. don't have it. It has to be in the works, right? Like, there's talks about making a Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur cartoon. I don't know because it just makes sense. It makes sense, but you know, as much as I really like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, I also like Moon Girl. Devil Dinosaur. I think it's probably one of the most underrated Marvel it titles is, right it, now. That is very true. Um. And I wish more people would read it. So read Moon yeah. Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Oh, I love the, that book. The, the art, I know there's a lot of people that are like, the kitty art is it, weird. And that's and that's I, why it I works. I can understand that. That's but, why it should be a cartoon show because you can already see yeah. it. Like you can see it being. Forming into a cartoon. And, and, I don't know. But it's funny because, you know, it's, it's kind of really an interesting story. They kind of change it up, obviously. Um, Lulella, Lunella Layton. Yes. Um. Is actually an inhuman. She is an right. inhuman. Um, that can speak to animals. That can no. Oh, she transfers, she transfers. Her, her consciousness into Devil Dinosaur. That's what it was. Um, so it's kind of like that freaky. It has a Freaky Friday element right. to it, of course, and everything. I mean, it's, she's definitely a more developed character than Moon Boy. Yes. Moon Boy is a monkey that can talk. <laughs> uh, and but that's perfect. Well, what, it, he's like a caveman. The, the, the wild folk, is it? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Okay, so the killer folk. The killer folk. So okay, right. Ron. I'm sure you haven't read this. I have so not read the, uh, Moon Boy. <laughs> it, oh, it's just called Moon Girl. Um, so, did you know his original color is green? He was a green dinosaur. He was born green. Oh really? Yeah. Like and a so, like a normal dinosaur. Right. And so the thing is, is like uh, it starts out. Uh, Moon Boy's riding on the back of a devil dinosaur, and they're fighting a triceratops. You know, doing whatever, doing what he does. Doing what and then Moon Boy do. goes on a. He remembers. You know the night the night they met. You get the bubbles. And yeah, and, yeah, and you get the and you get the mo- the classic golden age monologuing that of I kind of can't stand anymore. We'll talk about that in a we'll second. Talk about that in a minute. Um, but I have a problem with it. Yeah, I did too. So. And it's Moon Boy, and he's watching the Killer Folk, which are like bigger monkey people, um, attacking and killing a bunch of dinosaurs. No. Yeah, a bunch of them are dead. 
And then, like, they're burning them up and doing all this stuff. No and then, way. And then, you know, here you see that they set, they set this one on fire. The skin comes off. It's pretty violent. I, I mean, it looks like Skin it. comes off, and then he comes out of the fire. He's all red. Uh, and then Moonboy's like, I'll save you. Devil that looks Dinosaur. really good. Dude, it's really good. Um, so Moonboy goes to save him. I'm handing the books around. Moonboy goes to save him, and then they go on adventures, and they go fight some pterodactyls and it's stuff. It's so I, it's it's awesome. It, it's weird because so we had with metal as well. We had that coming out. Um, there was an Andy Kubert cover of Batman riding right, a Velociraptor. Yeah, it was like what is that? I thought it was a T Rex. It's a it Velociraptor. A okay, it's it looked vo- bigger. Okay, it looks fine. bigger, but in the book, it's a Velociraptor. Okay, that's okay. Um, but it's it's funny because I I was talking to Carissa about it, and I was like, you know, I have so many Silver Age books that I don't collect the series for. But it's only because they're dinosaur covers. Yeah, I mean they're they're Dude, dinosaurs. That's what nice. I can appreciate about those other books. Uh, one, it's all done by hand. Yeah. Well, I said hand meaning pencils, you know, right? And Pen- pencils, and, and ink, pens and, and markers, and crayons. And it's all done on paper, pencils. and you can appreciate this stuff because they act. I mean, if they messed up, they're gonna have to fix it. Yeah. So. Um. And speaking of of that, um. So uh, another anecdote you get about Kirby's art and his uh, creative process. Is he didn't sketch it out first. He didn't block it out. Nope. He would start on the top left corner yep. and draw the page. It's crazy. And, and people would talk about. It. They'd watch him. And they'd watch him draw this scene where Clark Kent is walking through an airport. Not an airport. A bus station. Yep. Obviously. <laughs> um, sir. Yeah. Sorry. Lime green Legos. Excuse me. Yeah. All right. We can get wait, to that. Wait. What? Uh, that's a complaint. Oh my god. The Lego community is upset. Is up with, in arms. Up. They are up in arms with the movie It. Because are we in, having this on this discussion? Are we talking about this? Just now? real quick, because in the trailer, there's a flash of um, lime green Legos of, of Richie. Okay, um, Richie Tozier, trash mouth, trash mouth Tozier. Yeah, I got you dropping some Legos. Okay, one of them is a lime green, which didn't debut oh, as a color no, until no. the nineties. No. And the Lego community you know, they're, you know they're gonna go back and change the color, right? They better. <laughs> I mean, my review of this movie is already down a notch. <laughs> down five it? points. The person is gonna spend a thousand dollars on the Lego set. No. It's eight hundred. Okay. All right. My mistake. Uh, but they anyway, have layaway plans. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, this is the bus station. Yes. So like he, yeah, from yeah. the top. Yeah. So he was drawn from the top, but like the, people talk about the. There's an interview where someone's talking about watching him. It's another kid that was over at his house watching him do this bus Obviously. station scene. And there's layers. There's like people behind him. There's a hot dog vendor. There's all this like background foreground stuff, and he's just he's just drawing Dude, that's crazy, it by man. freehand. That's so cool. It's, it's I mean it's out of control. Like it's like writing. It, it would be like if you wrote the stand, this eleven hundred page Stephen King novel, or it, or something, right, so, without yeah. any plotting, plotting or just or writing a just song like, and just going yeah. through it one go. Yeah, like, like oh, all right, let's just, let's just write the book. Let's, let's see just what let's just do it now. Let's just start playing. See how it works. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. crazy, man. I mean, there's people that do that, but I'm like, sure, it's, I'm it's sure it is, it's crazy. I mean, it, I think that's freaking a good, Kirby. Man. That's actually kind of a cool example. But I think one of the best examples of kind of showing showcasing just how amazing that is. Is when you look at New Gods, um, this comes into the 70s, right after he left Marvel in 71, he decided to create the fourth world, which is Orion and Darkseid, Steppenwolf, all all these guys that we're starting to kind of start seeing a comeback on. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if these are giant space scenes and other worlds, I mean, if... 
they could be on the same two spots on Apocalypse, on the same on two different pages, and they look the same. Right. And this is all freehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I it's just it's remarkable in terms of how much Yeah, he didn't he didn't get the and, uh, control C No, and, copy paste and, 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 and it would yeah. get to the point I remember also um, where since he wasn't didn't own his didn't own the art and he worked on so many books, like he would sometimes do two or three a week I at some point. Imagine, man. Uh, and, and that's whole books. That's right. like I mean, just pages. I, you Jim think about Lee. it now. Yeah, you, you think about it now. Hey, a lot we can of these, talk about a lot. Of a them, lot of these modern artists are like, man, I can't keep up with a twice a twice right. a month book. Right. I don't like, want to hear <laughs> Jack Kirby you, over here. You have digital art now. Yeah. I and, mean, look, and Jack Kirby the, was doing, and these and those were longer books. Those yes. were forty eight page books. You know, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, but man, but, it's, uh, it's but so Jack Kirby would like. He would have to have them Xerox copies of the art that he'd done on previous issues, so he would have a re- at least a reference. Wait, or what, did, what did he look like right. again? Yeah. I like I I Dude, need to I need to at least remember what I did because I've done that's I've crazy. done fifteen comics since that since last that's month. Crazy. I don't remember. You think about it, and it's crazy. Yeah, because I follow a lot of people. I follow a lot of artists on Twitter and Instagram, and I know, and I see their art all the time. But like, they're working on one book, yeah, maybe two, or working on like some covers in like a few pages, yeah. This man was doing 18 books and, in one go. And covers, mind you. Yeah, right, no, I got and, you. And it's crazy. And and I talk, see books as in full the, comic and books. And they'll talk about watching Kirby draw like a big cap cover. And like, okay, they start, he draws his foot over here, puts the hand, hand up, up yeah. first, and then he and then fills in the rest of the later. body. Like, who does that? Literally I, nobody. You, you literally could take that Captain America thousand connect the dot book, and I that's how Jack that's Kirby started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, that's how you oh, get that man. Kirby, what are the, the Kirby crackle, what do they call the it? The Kirby crackle. Kirby crackle? Yep. Yeah, that's what they call it, or sizzle or something, I forget. I mean, it's just, it's it blows my mind, because, I mean, there's so many intricate scenes, especially, I mean, you look at... A book like Commandy, where the scenery and the background is constantly changing each yeah. book, each issue, um, or Mister Miracle, where you have to do these elaborate death traps on mm-hmm. Apocalypse or on, on different planets, or um, I mean, even in Omac, man, because he was going. That was the book I read for this podcast, but he was going back and forth from looking at Brother Eye in the in space, and then going back to uh, Omac when he was on Earth yep. and dealing, dude. It's it's. It's mind blowing for sure. So I mean, you the know, level of detail. Just it's, yeah, it's it's so cool, man. I mean, it's it's. I don't think you ever get, and it's it's kind of hard to say because you know a lot of art nowadays is more digital than anything else. It is it is skewing I, that way, and for I sure. don't have any problem with. That. I don't. It is, either, it is skewing that way. But for sure. you look at some of like the original, and I know you have the trade, so some of that stuff's going to be heightened yeah. up a little bit. But if you look at the original New Gods issues, or you look at the original Mister Miracle issues. Mm-hmm. Just the brightness of those colors, the crisp, clean lines that were done yeah. on this. I mean, um, we have the Jack Kirby, I think it is the Fourth World um, Artist Edition. Those yeah. big, giant, oversized. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. look at that, and you look at, take that and compare it to, like, the Kelly Jones Batman one, and look how many times they white out. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Look how many times Kelly Jones whites out compared to Jack Kirby. Oh, man, they had, they had the capabilities to do that, so... I mean, but it's the fact that, you know, he's doing all most of this by freehand, and he's not, right. you know what, nope, don't like that line. Right. Yeah. He's I, like, it's, hey, we'll, I'm going to make that line work. And then we'll eat we'll 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 over it a little bit, it'll be fine. Yeah. 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 Dude, it's crazy, man. And, yeah, it's freaking Kirby, man. He he was just, I, I mean, no one like him. It was just his own thing, and it, 
Gosh, yeah, it's like okay. Looking at this proportion, look at this. Look at this panel. Like, like that doesn't make any sense when you look at it and like as a <laughs> skeleton. You know, that devil dinosaur looks weird. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. but it makes perfect sense. You well, know, it's you know also what? it's also the fact. So if you uh, we're looking at this, but on the other page right next to it. Devil Dinosaur is reaching his arm back to grab one of the killer folks. Oh, yeah, for and sure, so for, for, sure. for the people that know the anatomy of a T-Rex, <laughs> no T-Rex is reaching their arm behind him. Hey, man, it's dynamic, though. It yeah, works. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Um, man, but, look at that rippling shoulder muscle Devil Dinosaur's got, Dude, too. Devil Dinosaur's the best. I mean, he, I, And he Devil Dinosaur's out. nuts. Like, there was, a, there was also a subplot, like, in another... This is not a non-Jack Kirby one, where he was, like, a, he worked, he was in the SS. He was, like, a, <laughs> I know which yeah. one you're talking yeah. about. And it's like oh. a, it, was, it wasn't a what-if, but it's, like, a what-if type of thing, where he okay. was, like, a, he was like a, a Nazi officer. Yeah. It's crazy. It's great. Devil Dinosaur, huh? Yeah. All he, right. he, and he, he, would, he would, like, make... They made a hero clicks out of it, and he's got, like, a... Uh, a big, uh, he's got on like a, a Nazi uh, jacket, and he's holding like a, and he's holding a pistol. <laughs> I've seen that. You showed me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's great, and he uh, like as his little powers, like because he would as an as when he worked for the Nazis, he would like uh, create new experiments and like hit. So like and the, like and the, and that's what that's, only of that time can you. Make and that, that. and that's what the Heroclix does is like okay, we're gonna put out these uh, homicide crabs. We're gonna put out these drop bears or these rockabilly modocs or these crazy. Yeah, that's in the book it's too. Nonsense. It, it's great, man. I, I mean, love, I love Double Dino. I mean, that was, and you think about it nowadays. It's for him to do that at the time. It works. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because he took titles like that, and so when he took over Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy Olsen's a dying title. Yes. Who cares? Nobody. about Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Nobody. Until all, he introduced those characters, I, I, like, exactly. Dark side I, I mean, it, like all of a sudden, you go from I think it's like issue one thirty, one thirty six. I think is where Jack Kirby starts taking over. It might be a little bit before that, but all of a sudden, the, the tone of the book completely shifts. Yeah, it stops being this happy soda pop malt right. shot kind of Archie book, and it's like, oh nope. Jimmy Olsen's going to the fourth world, <laughs> meeting Darkseid, killing Superman with the Forever People. Yeah, well, crazy. I, and and he got this was part of his beef with Stan Lee is that um, we we don't have time to cover that whole thing, but um, <laughs> um, the, he wasn't getting credit for writing on a lot of the stuff when like Stan Lee would say, "I want this to happen," I want Cap to say this type of thing and Kirby would write the dialogue he just like Jack would say you know uh, Stanley would tell him you know the, this the, is the, what exactly what he needs to be saying the, the, the spirit of the dialogue and Jack Kirby would write the dialogue based right. on what he's like uh, Cap's angry here about this right so you just know just give him like yeah. plot points almost yeah like, give him plot points he and needs then, to be doing something like this right and so Kirby would write lots of dialogue for things he doesn't have credit as a writer on so like and that that's that's part of his whole uh you know, his stick with Marvel. I mean, you know. so you when you when he leaves Marvel in the seventies, DC actually paid him almost two times what Marvel was paying him. Man. And in terms of that now, that's absolutely nothing. But well, at the time, it at was, the time, it's a yeah. lot. But they also gave him. You know what? You're going to get credit for writing. You're going to get credit for art, no matter what you do or what book you're right. on. This is what you're getting credit for. So it was kind of which is what he wanted, and then he went back to Marvel, and, and, and then because went, they they they, they, did the they same. improved, yeah, yeah, exactly. He kept going back and forth and getting better deals. But I mean, it's so obviously my favorite book for Jack Kirby is Commandy, right? I just I like what, the, what is Commandy? So Commandy is the last boy on Earth. Okay, um, the es- last boy. <laughs> essentially, it's planet of the such a golden age. Sorry, God. It's, 
<laughs> it's essentially all Planet of the Apes. Yeah. But it's not just apes. All animals have become sentient. Okay. And humans are becoming the lesser species on the planet. And they're regressing. Some of them can't talk. Some of them... So it is Planet of the Apes. It is Planet okay. of the Apes. Um, but what makes it interesting is that you get all these factions and it starts turning out to be like a Game of Thrones, nuclear warfare versus biological warfare epic. Um I mean, he befriends a tiger and a dog. <laughs> How long did it run? Um, Commandy ended up running for. I want to. Obviously, Commandy's still going on. They're doing the Commandy right, challenge well, yeah. in terms for. Um, well, yeah, what is the Commandy challenge? That's a that's a new sort of thing that's so going on. New ish. The Commandy challenge is essentially almost redoing the story of Commandy. Uh, it's going to be twelve different creative teams for twelve separate issues, and this is in honor of Jack Kirby's birthday because. For some reason, Commandy is what DC crowns as Jack Kirby's greatest thing. Okay. Um, I love it. Don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. Right. But for sure. it's still it's kind it's of a weird, weird choice. A weird choice for Commandy to to kind of take on for that. Um. So it only ran fifty nine issues. Oh really? Yeah, it only ran fifty nine issues. Um, but what's funny about well, it, I though... I mean, nowadays, that's like... Yeah, the, well, with what, 59 issues... On a title like Commandy. <laughs> yeah, that's a superstar <laughs> book. Um, but, I mean, so he gets his name... Commandy gets his name from actually a kind of underground experiment lab called Command D. Ah. Um, which is funny because you see a little bit of that lab in the, the new Commandy Challenge book. And what's funny is, is he actually has a protector named Mr. Kirby, and it's drawn exactly sure. to look like of Jack course. Kirby. So, that's I mean, cool. it was little nods like that that I really love the Commandy Challenge, and so, kind of going... that's still going on, right? That's still going on. Yeah. I think they have... They're up to at least eight or... Yeah, they, I think they only have, like, three or four more issues to yeah. go. It's pretty Because they're going to 12, right? It's not like... And monthly. Is it monthly? Yeah, it's, it's monthly. still monthly, yeah. Wow, I thought it wasn't. Yeah, okay. it's, it's still monthly. But, you know, kind of going forward into that, we've kind of started seeing a lot more Kirby stuff pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, it's true. A lot of it in terms for his hundredth birthday coming up next week on the twenty eighth. Right. So we got a bunch of specials. So we got a one shot and specials, true believers, yeah. all something related to Jack Kirby. Um, but we also have a new mini series as well, which yeah. I know both me and you have read. It's fantastic. Um, talk to me about Mr. Miracle. Well, you read number one. <laughs> yes, we read uh, yes, number one. Number one's the only one that's yes. out. Uh, Good luck and, it is, it. and it is sold out completely. No, Everywhere. No sign of a second print yet. I'm no, sure they, they did, they did, no, they did, it's did coming out uh, September 9th uh, when the second book comes out. Okay. September 9th is a Saturday. Well, I'm wrong. It's coming out September, September 6th. 6th. 7th? 6th. 7th is a Thursday. 6th. Thank you, Michael. Because my birthday is the 8th, which is the Friday, so therefore. He and my anniversary know. is the 9th, which know. is the 9th. So there you so. go. Uh, so yes, yeah, September 6th. Got you, fam. Thank you. Mr. Miracle, the character, is he's an escape artist. Basically, is what his character is. Um, He, I don't, I don't know that much about his background story stuff. Uh, I know he is on the fourth world and all that other stuff, and he fights uh, not Doomsday. The other one. Dark side. <laughs> there you go. Dark side. Thank you. Uh, I was just gonna let him. <laughs> I was just gonna let him get it. I mean, it, it's it, in the book. It's literally on every other I know, panel. I forget. Whatever. I forget. But the book starts out, and I. <sighs> he has done one of his greatest escape attempts. Okay. I'm gonna put air quotes around that. So there's air quotes right. around that statement because I, I we we're not sure. 
Uh, and then he, he wakes up and he's in a hospital and Big Barda comes and gets him, blah, blah. But he ends up, uh, Orion? Is that how you pronounce it? Orion. Orion. He comes and sees him. He's like, hey, we need to go. We got to go home. Well, not home. But we got to go back. We got to go to New Genesis. To New Genesis okay. and stop Darkseid. Yes. All the while, he's very confused and he doesn't know what's really going on. He's he's seeing things that he shouldn't be seeing. Yeah. And it's a lot of stuff going on. There, there's a lot of kind of cool things that they've done with this book so Who's far. Who's the creative team? Uh, it's Tom King and Mitch, Mitch Gerard. Okay. Perfect team. Um, it's kind of weird because there's some certain certain art styles that kind of lead me to believe that some things aren't what we kind of seem. And it's it's kind of a sad thing if you know the story of Mr. Miracle. So Scott Free was a child of New Genesis and to keep the peace between New Genesis and Apocalypse, who are two warring worlds, um, they trade sons. They trade um, children to sure. each other's worlds. Okay. Um, so Scott was born on New Genesis, ended up having to go to Apocalypse. Orion was born on Apocalypse and had to go to New Genesis. Um, and so for all of his childhood, Scott Free is tortured on Apocalypse. Okay. Um, by Granny Goodness. <laughs> Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it is, like, take Betty White and then add, like, Michael Clark Duncan's voice to her. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> and it's it's absolutely terrifying. Okay. Um, so he learns through survival how to escape any possible scenario at all. So that's essentially his superpower. Okay. Um. In the book, it kind of seems like he doesn't want to be Mr. Miracle. No. They he, have, in the background, you see the poster for Mr. Miracle, and it's the Mr. Miracle number one cover, right. which I thought was really That's cool. That's awesome. Um, when he's walking out of the hospital, there's cameras pointed at him. He's like a celebrity. Taking, he's a celebrity. Yeah. He's, right. I mean, if you had someone like Zatanna, she's not going to be taken seriously because she's a magician. She's a showgirl magician. Right. Sure. You're Houdini. Same way. Yeah, he's Houdini. You're Houdini. In this world. Yeah. Um, and so he's being pictures are being taken to him. And it when they show him, he's not in the Mr. Miracle outfit. He's scot-free. He's wearing a Batman t-shirt. He just wants to go <laughs> home. Okay. But all the cameras see him as Mr. Miracle. Right. Um, and okay. so kind of glossing over a lot of things. Orion, the first time he comes in, actually has heard what Mr. Miracle has done and doesn't see it as an escape attempt. No. Um, and so the, Orion just beats him. Yeah, like stand. Yeah, All right. standing. <laughs> stand. Knocks him out. Yeah, yeah just, just all, constantly. Yeah. Okay. But this happens on more than one occasion. It does. Which is why I'm kind of yeah, I don't know. intrigued by it. Um, he ends up going to where he stores all of his tricks and stuff, and he is talking to Oberon. And Oberon in the Mr. Miracle comic is kind of like a surrogate father to them, to him and Big Barda. Okay. Um, another person that was escaped from Apocalypse and they've just kind of been traveling the road together. It's Danny DeVito. <laughs> okay. That Oberon is Danny DeVito. Excellent. For the best example of a character. Um, but Oberon's been dead for three years. Okay. Um, and Barda's like, well, who are you talking to? Oberon's been dead. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, Darkseid has the anti-life equation, which is what Darkseid's goal is, and that will destroy all life, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, and so they have it's to not leave. the boom tubes? It's, it, they go through a boom tube. Do they go through a boom they tube? They go through a boom tube they because they have to go to New Genesis because Highfather has been killed. Oh. And that's where it leaves off. So we don't know what's going on with issue two yet. Um, I'm yeah. curious to see how they take this 
with just the I wish I could have read it because I was off, and by the time Dude, I got it, back, it was all gone. Yeah, man, it's crazy, man. That yeah. book sold out in a day. It's crazy. Yeah. It's probably less than that. It probably sold out in yeah, four hours, but... Yeah. It, all through Twitter, it's just people just retweeting, read this book, read this book, read this book. I mean, there there were articles, and I won't go to the extent that some of these articles were going. I mean, they were people are like, this is probably one of the best books in the industry right now. And it's only been it was one good. issue. I, it's only it's been one good. Issue. It is a very good first issue. It is a very, well, yeah. very well, good first like, issue. Let's calm down yeah, I'm before like, we... Hold on. I've been tricked by Mr. Miracle before. <laughs> well, I'm also not keen to jump on a... I, I read one thing, and then it is the, right. by far the best thing. It's yeah. like... It's like True Detective season one. People were saying this is this is the best show of all time. Like, all right, let's let's for sure. Let's, let's, let's no, let yeah. have another couple yeah, seasons. Season sure. two wasn't as good. So there we right. go. It's not uh, the, it's not The Sopranos or The Wire. For sure, yeah, yeah. But um, no, but I the the hype surrounding Mister Miracle is off the but charts. Which, Tom, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's so weird. I, I don't know if it's Tom King as well I think because it's Tom of his King. influence yeah. just through his I think Batman run Tom, right now. Well, that too and his vision. Sh- and Sheriff of Babylon. And Sher- and well, yeah. All of his... Yeah, the vision run was The vision awesome. run too. That well, it's, it was awesome, but nobody, not nobody a lot of people read it. read it when it came out. Yeah. It, everybody started talking about it and then it was like, all right, we need to go back and read that. So. Right. It probably would have been going still yeah, if people had for sure. read it when yeah, it was yeah. going on. Well, Supposedly he got DC contract and that made him yeah, stop that, writing it. There, that's, there was, that's, that's a whole point. I've been he, inside he fin- baseball. Yeah, he, fin- he finished his arc and then Rebirth started up and he signed an exclusive. I right. think it's like uh, a three-year contract. Something like that, yeah. Maybe okay. five. But Sheriff of Babylon was with uh, Gerard's and yeah. King, so they They're, worked, they yeah, worked, they worked before. together. So. It's like so. Um, Jeff Lemire and Adrian Sorrento, I believe it's. Sorrentino? Sorrentino, thank yeah. you. Um, They're kind of always hand-in-hand hand together. Um. You know, actually, kind of going into the DC Rebirth stuff, too, I know we had the Metal Party last week. Yes, the uh, Dark Knight's Metal Launch Party. The Dark Knight's Metal Launch Party, which, if you missed it, you missed a really cool thing. Yeah, because uh, there was a thing that we couldn't announce because we weren't 100% sure it was going to happen. Um, And it happened twice. But it happened twice. Um we, if you've never been to one of our midnights, uh, what what uh, what happens is uh, Hyde is in the middle of the store, right by the back issue bins, uh, doing trivia games, raffle prizes, hooked up to a big PA system. Now, yeah, now. <laughs> um, well, it needed to be for this one. Um, and the big reveal was right at about twelve ten. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got a phone call from Scott Snyder, and that was, that was so broadcast cool, throughout the store, um, and. He fielded some questions. Uh, he gave us a ton of spoilers. He did, I, like so it was massive funny. spoilers. I, so I, I heard. Was anybody call. upset about that? Like, no. Okay, cool. Uh, because I mean, I'm gonna pick my words. Yes. Very carefully here. Or are you trying to spoilers? Spoilers. Okay. Well, for okay. Some spoilers stuff, for what? For some one shots later some, on. For okay. some one shots for the series and for DC kind of ongoing. I mean, right. I kind of got some stuff out of him that I don't know if I was supposed to be able to get out of him. <laughs> right. Um, he know what he was doing. I I would hope so, because we're about to announce. <laughs> we gonna find out. <laughs> we we about to announce this, and then we're gonna be on Bleeding Cool next weekend. <laughs> Local comic um, book podcast. Oh, uh, breaks the internet. Yeah. Right. Oh, if only. Hey, shout out, thousand, cool. Thousand dollars first first hour. Yeah, it's good. Right. So, um, yeah. So essentially, the call was only supposed to be a handful of minutes. Um, so he's supposed to say, "Hey, thank you for coming out. Thank you for supporting the book." It's funny about that too. So whenever he called, I I knew who it was, obviously, because we are. But yeah. then Hyde was like, 
just for clarification, Can introduce you? yourself. Because he's he like, just, oh, he just hey, started yeah, talking. Yeah, he just started talking. He was like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm Scott Snyder. And everybody's like clapping. Because I think woos. he didn't know he was on speaker. Or he was on the No, system. so it, yeah, essentially what ended up happening was as employees, we knew what was happening. Obviously. Um, I hooked it up to the system and he just started going off. And I was like, sir, if you could, you're on a PA system. Could you announce who you are? Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, I'm Scott Snyder. And How's it going? Woo! Everybody just yeah. loses Wait, I was like, What's going on? Oh, yeah. Because I was at, I was at the register. I, I couldn't was, hear all I of it. I was close to you, so yeah, yeah, I was right right near you. So yeah, all the stuff I ended up getting to hear for the most part because I'm right there right. and I'm feeling the questions, the good questions. <laughs> <laughs> Not about uh, when Superman Man, and Wonder, and Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman uh, yeah. coming back yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for the answer to that, Scott Snyder is very opposed to relationships. He's too busy uh, with the action. With the action and the mission. I heard that and one, and that was it. That was all um, I heard. But, so, he actually kind of gave us some... He was like, if you guys have any questions about this book, let me know what's going on. Um, we did kind of get in a couple questions for those of you that haven't read it yet or have been reading spoilers on the internet. It's a week. I'm not... Yeah. Spo- this is not spoiling it. Um, I mean, we've known about this for a little bit. We have known about this for probably about um, two, two months. months. Two months we've known about yeah. the, the big reveal at the end of the book. Um, Sandman's in the book. Yes, it's not... Mo- uh, not Morpheus. It's Morpheus. David. It's David. David. Um... But he's now being introduced into the DC universe as an overall. Um, because this dark multiverse is essentially your worst nightmares come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so all these one-shots that are coming out for this Batman, the Red Death, the Devastator, I believe, and the Bat Who Laughs. Those are the, particularly the ones that he, he talked about. He referenced, is, yeah. These are Batman's worst fears to come after him. What happens if Batman played around with the Doomsday Virus? Um, okay. What happens if Batman tampers with the Speed Force? What happens when Batman steals a Green Lantern ring or messes with a mother box and turns into Cyborg or deals with Atlantean magic or Amazonian magic? Or loses his mind. Or loses his mind. So, major spoilers for The Bat Who Laughs. Yeah, which is a one-shot. Which is a one-shot. Well, um, and coming out at some point. How fast is that going to sell out? And how, after this just, whole, as, just as fast as Mr. Miracle. Yeah. But so the Bat Who Laughs, we don't we didn't know much about him going into this. We kind of knew it was a Batman who was going to be a Joker and actually have, you know, some content to go with the product. Right. Suicide Squad. There you go. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um So the Bat Who Laughs is Batman has killed the Joker and has experimented with the Joker toxin. Okay. And has become kind of a Hellraiser-esque kind of Batman-Joker hybrid now. I'm excited. So he's into BDSM? Sort of, yeah. (laughs) I mean, depending on which Joker they're going with. Okay. Um, But it is the calm, cool collectiveness of Batman... With the chaos of the Joker. Okay. So, in the perfect sense, it's controlled anarchy. Sure. Um, that was kind of one of the major things. That's awesome. And, and so, we didn't really know going into that. The other thing he kind of gave away, and uh, once again, don't know if we're actually supposed to talk about this. <laughs> but but he, he, he told, he he told, told 100 100, people. 156 people. There you go. Yeah. And any one of them could have been recording it yes. and put it on YouTube. So, so I'm, I'm good with it. I. Uh, but you take the blame. I will, I will take the blame. <laughs> 
Um, Because I didn't hear this. I had some inquiries. Yes. Because of the inclusion. You asked real questions. Yes, I did. Um, Because of the inclusion of Sandman and Metal, I kind of wondered what that meant going forward. Um, So Sandman will be in the book kind of prominently, not as much. You won't see him that much in the second issue, but three and he's, four. He's, he's not in every issue. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, but look at me. I'm David. Yeah, More he's, than yeah, he's just often. Yeah, he's going to... I mean, the original goal was actually he was only going to be in the first issue, and you weren't going to see him again until four. So now he's going to be a little more sporadic throughout. Okay. Um, but the big thing that came out of it was, well, what's happening with this? So uh, probably about a month ago, I think. I think it was about a month ago. Jim Lee on Instagram... Oh, yeah posted a picture of Sandman. Yes, he did. With the caption 8-8-2018. Yes. Which, after some not-so-subtle detective work, I figured out was a Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. Yeah. So he pulled out the calendar app on his phone. Exactly. Um, And so I asked Scott, I was like, so Jim Lee posted this on Instagram. Instagram. Does this have anything to do with metal, or what is this going to do? Because I've realized that this is a Wednesday date. And he goes, well... This is kind of going into extreme spoiler territory. There you go. Um, Vertigo is pretty much going through a whole new relaunch again. That makes sense. Um, We kind of pieced it together over the last couple of months of Sandman is getting a new title. Has not been officially confirmed. Was confirmed at our launch party. There you go. Um, We knew during... We had the Wortham event with Neil Gaiman. One of his questions was, "Is when is he coming back to comics? He said very soon. And he said very soon. So that's got to be... So, right there, there's one. That's (laughs) it. Two, we have Jim Lee with this post. And now three. So Scott Snyder went off and was like, yes. So Vertigo is pretty much bringing back... Neil Gaiman Sandman. Neil Gaiman Sandman. Artist, who knows, because it's not going to be Jim Lee unless it's for a cover. He'll do a cover. <laughs> yeah, he'll do a cover and it'll be fine. Um, no, he'll get announced for it and then he'll do the first issue and then it'll be somebody else. Exactly. He'll do the first three pages of the first issue and then that'll be it. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. He'll do the splash pages. That's exactly what it is, yes. Um. So, but they're also going to be bringing back American Vampire. They're going to oh, cool. be bringing uh, back. That's a good one. Um, I think Hellblazer is probably going to go back under, I think is what he said. And he said that. Um, we might be seeing some inclusion of the young animals imprint into that. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard some talks about young animals. Yeah. um, Yeah. So that's going to be kind of the new thing. But the other other interesting thing about that is is it's not a reboot. It's not a reboot and it's not a relaunch. It's a continuation continuation. again. So Sandman is picking up exactly where Where it left left off. off. American Vampire will pick up exactly where it left off. What if they keep creative teams? That's what I don't know. I know Sandman probably not. Well, well, Gaiman, but I don't know who the artist would be. I, cause yeah, I can't see what was it McKean I, yes, yes. Yeah. Dave McKean I don't see Dave McKean coming back for Sandman right so we'll see um, I don't think that's I, I think the writing is what makes Sandman is the is, strength yes. of Sandman yes. that is true. the art is great the art helps the art is fantastic but, it's, but it is the writing yes. that is a writing book yes <laughs> like that that's like it's like Watchmen Dave Gibbons helps Dave Gibbons is great but that's a, that's an Alan Moore book right oh, uh, I'm know. so excited to talk about that book yes well we can I'm so excited to talk about that book uh, uh, yes, we can. We oh, at some yes. point we will be talking about uh, some upcoming about the upcoming uh, DC event. DC event. Another DC event. Yes, the, yes. At the end of the year, I think November, uh, November December, if I remember yeah. correctly. So, yeah. um, so Cut, yeah, stay tuned for that. That was um, kind of the Scott Snyder call. Um, cool. yeah. That, yeah, it was. I, I wanted was awesome. to recap listeners yeah. on that. Yeah, that that was that was really exciting. So these are the kind of things you miss by not coming to our midnight events. Uh, so. 
There's that. Stay tuned. We have another one coming up at some point, but we're not ready to announce the date yet. We have two um, more coming up. We're not ready to we announce We have two? Yeah, we have uh, two. We have two, apparently. I don't remember uh, the other one. There's some things coming. Okay. For sure. Um, so, yes, uh, we have some <laughs> coming up. Make sure you stay tuned to Facebook, uh, email list, the whole thing. Um, but um, closing closing statements on Jack Kirby here. Um, I think he's a guy who will have a forever legacy on the on the industry. Let me let me do this. Okay. So for our closing thoughts, you know it's it's kind of tough because, and I'm gonna call back to the launch party. We officially announced that the Hero Initiative. The reason we've been pushing that so much um, oh. in the shops and for all of you that are listening, and we've been asking you about Hero Initiative donations, is because the Hero Initiative for the store that donates the most. Uh, we'll have George Perez at the signing. Yes. At their store for a signing. Yes. yes. Which, that's a big deal. I mean, you're it talking huge. creative Teen Titans, Cyborg. I mean, there's just so much that he's it's done. Big, big time. Um, but, you know, when I announced that, there were a lot of people that didn't know who he was. Um, and kind of coming into terms with this, I know Jack Kirby's a big name. There's a lot of respect for Jack Kirby in our right. industry. But there are a lot of people that don't really kind of understand the importance of Jack Kirby. The breadth right. of his work. And, and so hopefully that podcast, this podcast helps you out a little bit. But what is what makes Jack Kirby so important to you? You guys. To, to me, oh, man. what makes Jack Kirby so important to me is is his legacy of, um, of creativity and being open with his creativity and being and being very willing to help the little guy artist and and being an example for how to behave in a creative industry. That's yeah, that's, that's how that's I mean good. I mean his work his work stands his his work stands for stands itself. for itself for sure. It is uh, game changing, uh, amazing and goofy. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, it is its own thing, and it's it's innovator all the way. For sure. I mean, we didn't we didn't get into golden age talk at all, but like, I mean, it's sometimes it's harder to go back and read right golden I, age I, comics I, just because of next the time we will talk about that because I yeah. do want to have that conversation at some point. Yeah. Um, me personally, I don't know a lot about Jack Kirby, but. He has created a lot of characters that I read today, and that's so, where that stands. And so, without Jack Kirby, without Jack Kirby, I wouldn't have these great artists and writers I like now, or these movies, or these in these movies and television shows and all right. this stuff. He, I mean, he created a bunch of stuff I love today, and I'm glad he did. And I, I hope that he. I feel like Stan Lee is the same way in that everybody knows true. who Stan Lee is. But if you ask random person what else, what has he written? They don't know. No, they'd be like, and, you mean and, that guy that's in those movies, right? And then, and then you think with Stan Lee, you, I always think of like I'm padding, I'm padding the Devil Dinosaur book. So like when I'm thinking of Jack Kirby, I think of, you know, a Devil Dinosaur goes down and does the you know Golden Age style writing, yeah. and that's why I think of Stan Lee. But then he also wrote Silver Surfer Parable, which is amazing, and like right. you, you know, you have to give these older writers and artists a chance and go look at their stuff they they are important for a reason. Yeah. They are their name is on everything because of a reason. Just because the dialogue is it's not current. Of his time. Is not is not current. The right. art style is not current. Right. Yeah. It's just of his time. It, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't mean that it's bad. It means that it is different. Oh my god, this panel though. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. What is going on there? Kirby losing his mind. He's uh, you know, he's stopping people. He's running anyway. But what about you, Hyde? What's what is uh, what makes Kirby important to you? So I mean, both of you kind of hit the same, uh, 
pretty yeah. much the points that I would have hit. You know, it's it's kind of important, I think, for me as an aspect going into this is you you don't realize how much the industry's changed, and you don't realize who had a hand in changing the industry for, for this sure. matter. Um, it's, Jack, it's a gradual thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jack Kirby had a gradual influence going into comics for the guys that were reading his stuff growing up ended up becoming the comic creators of the 60s and the 70s and were using his influence to create right. their own thing. And it goes down the same one. I, I Whoever guarantee, was reading I guarantee at that time. Jim Lee was a, a fan of Starenko and, yeah. and Neil Adams. And so he went on and when they did Image. And now you look at it today, I mean, almost to an extent, and I'm, I'm not putting them on the same level. I will not do that. Sure. But in terms of kind of a want for an art kind of thing, if you ask... And this might be stretching it, but if you ask like Richard or Mike or someone like that that grew up reading Jack Kirby comics and wanted and seeing his art originally, a lot of people say, I want Jack Kirby art. Jim Lee's kind of the same way. I mean, guys yeah. growing up from our time for sure. Or Jim Alex Lee Ross or, or Alex Ross. They we want that art because that resonated with us at right. the time. It defines a, an era. Exactly. And so I think also at the same time. Jack's influence on art itself is so prominent. I think there are methods that he used over the years that I don't think that it helped push the boundaries of art and excelling the art style that we know today. Absolutely. And I mean, it's not Grorange or Sub Black. <laughs> no, it's it's actual creativity. Yeah, it's 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 style. It's, it's changing perspective. perspectives. It's and... it's. it's the way people view things on, right. on the way it's, the art's it's, done. It's power. It's storytelling through art. Yes. yes. I mean, and it's not just you. I guarantee you could take pretty much almost any Jack Kirby title, take out all the words, and you, you would could know follow, follow the story. Yeah, it'd be fine. I'm so. I mean, it's kind of things like that, and so that's kind of the other thing too that I really like about Mister Miracle too is it's added those Kirby dots, those yeah. that black speckling that you see in New Gods or in Thor and Devil Dinosaur, mm -hmm. um, the Kirby crackle essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's still something that's used prominently today. I mean, it was used heavily in the 60s for pop art kind of style as mm -hmm. well. So, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things now that as Kirby, as a, his, as a comic book history lover, as an art lover, it's such an important thing to understand that, you know what, there are these guys that aren't Bob Kane, that aren't Stan Lee, that aren't Siegel and Schuster. The big mouth the pieces. Big, the big mouth pieces that everyone knows. But, the, un, you know, almost to an extent, Jack Kirby's a big mouth piece too, but I don't think anyone really understands the contribution right. that he had a lot of them. influence because everybody jumps to stan lee yeah right but if you if you get down to get if down to it kirby all, is all the early 60s marvel stuff it's yes it's all stan lee but it's also, also jack, jack kirby. kirby yeah and to to a certain extent more kirby than lee yes. which is why they had their whole thing right but yeah, do your um, research on that that's, yeah for real yeah stuff. that is that's definitely interesting uh and you could do a whole couple of episodes on um, oh, we can do a whole episode just on the controversy. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. Um, but but anyway, um, come in and talk to Ron. <laughs> ooh, we, ooh, about why he should draft keep, Patriots. Because we, <laughs> no, we, we no. keep missing these every once in a while. Yeah. come come in and talk to Ron about Jack Kirby. Why not? Come in and talk. I I love talking about comic books. So yep. come in and Even talk it, to me about Come in and recommend something. Uh, come for tell Ron me why uh, the Golden Age is better than the new stuff now. Yeah. So, uh, and then also, I will argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> so also on that standpoint, too, um, we are actually trying out something new as well in terms of listener interaction. Um, we will actually have a box up at the front counter 
um, stating what episode we will be doing next week. Um, and so we kind of want to hear from you guys what questions you have or something you want us to kind of discuss about that related topic. Um, so we'll Some have points that you might want counter. us to hit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so definitely kind of keep an eye out for that at our West Timer location. So we're going to try that out and see how that works. Yep, yep. So. Yep. Yeah, make sure you... Uh, give us questions on the... On all the pages and yeah, yeah, and we YouTubes we respond on uh, on Facebook. Yep. If you uh, follow us on there, uh, we're we're on there all the time. So uh, yeah, make sure you, you hit us up on there or in the store on the uh, on the question or box. just ask us in general. Or yeah, just, or or just ask the three of us. We're I mean, here. we're always here. Yeah, always. Um, there's never a day <laughs> when we're all three off. So uh, there's not. That, right? Yeah, that's yeah, very true. There's yeah. never gonna happen. There's always one of us. There's here. always an uncanny universer at the uh, at the West at the Westheimer. Yep. But anyway, thank you all so much for your support and downloading the show. We really appreciate it. Whether you're downloading it, whether you're streaming it, whether you're watching it on YouTube, Facebook, or any way you consume us, we really appreciate it. The show couldn't exist without y'all uh, watching us, listening to us, whatever you do. Thank you all so much. Later, guys. This is Ron and the side, and I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. <laughs>